Good morning. It is Wednesday, February 12th, 7.36 a.m. It is Abraham Lincoln's birthday, and it is also Christina Ricci's birthday. It's my friend Albert's birthday. Happy happy birthday, Albert. Um, but I'm doing this podcast as it's a correction pod because Rose texted me this morning and Apparently, Jacqueline Duran, or Duran, is was the winner for costumes for Little Women. So when I put my ballot down, put down on my ballot that I thought Little Women would win, you know, I was correct. But I was also incorrect because I thought Sandy Powell won for costumes, but she won for best set styling. It was confusing. I'm glad it got sorted. Oh my God. I have Lavinia on my chest ah, and I have to get my, I have to get my kettle. I got to get my, my coffee going right now. Ugh, I'm about to go thrifting. Do, do, do. Um, but while I've got your attention, <laughs> for those of you that haven't tuned out already, um, I went to go see a, a concert with Talon yesterday, a free concert at old St. Mary's Cathedral. And it was quite good. Uh, they played some select, selected uh, chamber pieces um, by Brahms. And it was delightful. I highly recommend um, get there a little early so you can get a good seat. Um, ugh, taking out the trash. Because... It does fill up it because it's a free event. Um, it's re- recommended that you don't make you know a donation. They had this rather, I don't know. Can a hawk be portly? <laughs> they had a portly hawkish woman, kind of loudly telling everyone to be quiet before the concert, which I thought was kind of ironic because she herself was not quiet. Um, so yeah, we saw the tail end of the sacrament, the sacraments, um, cause there was a mass beforehand and then I, I was like, I ended up still kind of being sick for the, for Monday and Tuesday. And so I kind of took the day off yesterday and I decided that I hadn't been to a matinee, I don't think all year. And I really just needed to go to a matinee. So I did it. And I just waltzed in, paid my ticket, of course. Um, I chose to see Hansel and Gretel, or Gretel and Hansel, excuse me. Um, and it was a stinker bobinker. I thought that it would... You know, I thought I had kind of high hopes for it for some reason. I hadn't seen the I hadn't seen the films of the other direct of that director, Oz Perkins. Um, but I guess he makes dark and witchy, moody pieces. Uh, it starred the the young lady who was in both of the the most recent It remakes. One moment.
and it was it was just really bad it was really bad and I'm gonna give you a ton of spoilers so before I do spoilers I'm gonna say spoiler alert so if you actually want to see the movie do not listen to the rest of this podcast episode um go and see the movie and then listen to the rest of this episode because the rest I'm just basically going to be ragging on this this particular film so um I get in there I'm assigned to sit in E16 there's two other people in the this this huge um kind of fancy auditorium you know movie theater but with but like you know the kind with the reclining seats um but it was just uh, like I was baby and baby made three. You know what I mean? Um, and I was assigned pretty much. Someone had bought their ticket, must have had it right after me. But it was just some creepy dude who was like lounging. And it looked like he had a bit of a pup tent, pup tent event in his Dockers area, you know, where his crotch was. And I was just like, you know what? I'm not here for this. This guy's creepy. So I went and sat a few rows down, and fortunately, only 10 people ended up showing up to this matinee. So I was fine. Um, so, first off, I, I love fairy tales, and so that's why I chose this to go see, by the way. So I was hoping it would be good. Um, first off, there's a, a total Holy Mountain reference. It's so obvious. It's like Saul Jodorowsky film once decides to rip it off, you know. And also, I love Holy Mountain. That's a great movie. But when people get stuck in it, it's embarrassing. I'm embarrassed for them because it's... It's a movie, Holy Mountain is is evocative and visually stunning, but it's really obvious when you've been influenced by it, and being influenced by something that is <clears throat> so original makes you not the original. It makes you look like you copied something original. And also just, <coughs> pardon me, very pretentious. Um... The significators of this, of this like Holy Mountain reference was a big, a big wide brim black hat sitting on top of, uh, you know, a witch who was sitting on top of a hill and it was framed by this esoteric triangle. So we have the triangle, we have the hill, we have the hat. And those three tenets are, are three obvious markers of Holy Mountain. So the soundtrack behind it was kind of like something from Stranger Things. So retro synth, they're trying to do the goblin thing, but failed miserably because somebody was not giving any, any of the different creative departments continuity feedback or um, they were not giving them any kind of constructive criticism, obviously because everyone just got to do their own thing. And I'm all for creative freedom, but when you're trying to tell a story, stick to the story and make sure that you all are presenting something that is, since 
film is a visual medium presenting something that is visually and sonically and mentally pleasing okay so basically there's a famine and this this farmer slash blacksmith guy takes his sick infant daughter to this witch and she takes away the illness but gives her the sight and the child is evil and is a sociopath basically and the costumes they look you know what they look like they look like rejects from the live action version of the Grinch that's what they look like um and it's the thing is I loved those costumes from the Grinch I loved the live action Grinch with Jim Carrey in it um, the difference here is quality and construction. So we have this evil little girl who eventually ends up being a throwaway in the plot. She's, she's pretty much just an expendable evil person, you find out later. Um, but the costumes are made of this horrible acrylic felt which has the worst texture. It's only good for crafting. You should not make an outfit out of it or even a costume out of it because it has the worst texture in the world. It makes me cringe. Um, and it balls up. It looks cheap. And when you're looking at something on the big screen, when you're looking at something on the big screen like that, you can see all the up-closeness and you can see the, the way the fibers Fibers are the dead giveaway. So yeah, she had this cheap little felt dress on, and she looked like Cindy Lou Who's, you know, I don't know, troglodyte attic child or something. It was, it was just bad. Um, and then they ride around in a little cart. You know, it, it kind of. There were things about I liked their 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 reliance on nature as far as like the forestry was concerned but it really started to just look like Big Sur and it's a fairy tale and I think that it actually lacked a lot of magic um, as far as just you know the wonderment and enchantment this is a story of enchantment and all it is showing me so far is ugly costumes Sorry, it's grating nutmeg. I, I put nutmeg in my coffee every morning. Ugly costumes and no, no greenery. And I understand that it's a famine. But let's have at least one day of sunshine, you know? Um, because honestly, when it was that gloomy, that means that the earth would stay wet, you know? <laughs> Something would grow. Um, so... The, the script is very flawed. The script is full of these weird pompous soliloquies from the children that don't even fit the character of that they're playing. Like they just seem that somewhat the script the writer was in love with the sound of their own voice and their own writing, which is just bad. You should always have a critique 
of your writing style. You should always be somewhat critical of what you're doing so that you can improve it and you can be on a, <clears throat> a constant state of improvement. That's why some of the most beautiful women in the world, unfortunately, they're not that happy with their appearance ever because they're always looking for ways to improve. So therefore, they're constantly improving their appearance. Um, it doesn't mean that it's a healthy, it's a healthy um, outlook, but it's just an example. Um, someone who is a painter, and they're like, yep, that looks good. Like they make their first painting and they're like, I think I'll make another one just like it. Um, yeah, your painting is finished, but look for room, room for improvement and, and try to improve your craft. And, and you can see evidence of that in the script writing. It's like, it's just so bad. It's so bad. And it, there's so many loopholes in it. So, um, basically the witch is, she's appropriately creepy. I'll give her that. And then this is where they steal a lot from Ing, Ingmar Bergman. Um, they now enter this <clears throat> austere kind of Danish modern pseudo like Big Sur 70s recording studio. It looks like a Big Sur 70s recording studio in Big Sur, but it was actually shot in Ireland. So there are houses like mix of like austere with with heavy 70s wood. So two two different decor styles going on. The witch is creepy, but then you realize she doesn't have much substance to her. Uh, basically, she lures children in, enchants, kills the children, chops them up, and then enchants, enchants the offal, like their organ meat and everything, in, into making it look and taste like a delicious feast. And that's how she gets these Hansel and Gretel in. So that's, you know, she's supposed to be this really powerful witch, you know, she's like greasing a broom. There's, it's kind of weirdly creepy and I don't know, kind of lecherous. Um, she's greasing a broom. She's showing Gretel how to make tinctures and that sort of thing. And she, you know, she basically wants to eat the little boy and have Gretel under her wing which is weird. I just, that's not the fairy tale. Um, so then she's supposed to be this powerful witch who's able to do this, but this is, but then you start to realize this is all she does. And if the, if the land is in a famine and, and you're like a, you're already a bad witch, why don't you open up for business and have a restaurant where people can bring their kids, kids eat free and then the kids would get, of course, you know, turned into the next dinner. They would be on the menu in a disguised form. Like that would be the logic of at least, you know, if you're in a place of famine. Because even as a bad witch, you're doing something for someone. You know, you are a servant in a way to the people. And a good witch would not use her powers for that at least I mean we can we can agree on that um powers of enchantment so it's like you have these powers of enchantment why not 
why not change things more? Um, this is all you're doing? You're basically just creating feasts to lure children into, and then you just have a little bit of the food, and okay, you're a cannibal, but you're not really a gourmand, so to speak. You only eat a little bit of of the food that you make, so why just, you know, why do you have to get so many children? It, it was really miscombobulated to me, and like I said, even a bad witch is of service to someone. Even if you're an evil witch, your powers are only used when when they're doing something, when there's output to to in connection to um to the outside world. You know? It it just started to seem really muddled. They didn't think it through and also outed them as being like 2012 witch house trendy LA, you know, metaphysical tourists. That's, that's what it outed the whole production of. So then I just kind of started to, I really lost respect for the film. Here's the big flaw. Here's one of the many big flaws, but here's a big flaw. So they, there's, there's parts where it looks kind of like a Smashing Pumpkins video. But at one point, Gretel is forced to watch her her brother, Hansel. She's The witch is trying to force her to watch her brother, Hansel, get turned into food. And then she's going to be forced to eat the food. Um, to eat her brother. Of course, it doesn't happen. But the witch hypnotizes Hansel and makes him walk up this staircase thing that goes to a cage that is above a like a firing cauldron which you could I could rely on the part of oh it's a fairy tale suspend your disbelief suspend logic suspend and everything that makes sense because it's a fairy tale but it doesn't feel like a fairy tale and even fairy tales have their own logic where the, the story makes sense so Hansel's going blindly going up this this weird metal staircase and mind you we all know iron conducts heat so I mean that in and of itself I guess he's hypnotized not to feel pain either and then, then the witch has to turn this crank to like open the the cage in the meantime their her enchanted broom is left unattended and I was like, I was thinking the witch could have held her broom. It's the most powerful thing in the room. And Gretel then, through telekinesis, uses the broom to kill the witch. But I, I was thinking, like, that's so elaborate. If you have this enchanted broom, you could kill, you could kill the child with the broom. Or you could also you know as the bad witch since someone's doing something with your broom and turn the broom on them so there was it was that it was such a it was such a bad it was such a bad film and I think they're going to make a sequel too so thank you for listening um
and I did warn you about spoilers, so I to give a very thorough spoiler alert, and I have a feeling that not too many people are going to see this film, so I figured it's okay, but I hope that you're not too upset that I gave away the spoilers of the stinker bobinker. I've got to get dressed. i got to get out the door. <clears throat> My day is starting. All right. I hope you all have a great day. Thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.